Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks, whether you're on the Open Life Church app or you're listening through iTunes. You know, we know that life can be overwhelming, but we've found that true life and peace of mind can come from a growing relationship with Jesus. So thanks for taking the time to listen or watch today's talk. You know, this is part of our James Summer Series, and so we are walking through the book of James verse by verse. We also have some additional resources that we want to put in your hands. Go to any app store, download the Open Life Church app, then from the front, front page, make sure you click on the button open daily. And we have some cool daily devotionals that we want you to read along according to each week that you're listening to or part of. So we encourage you to do that. Here is today's talk. So we're jumping into the book of James. I am excited to look at this book. It's usually the book that I will tell people to read second when they make a decision to follow Jesus. I'll first recommend the book of John, which helps you comprehend how much God loves you. But then I will say, go to James following that, because it will show you what fruit or what you can do with your faith. Like, how can you be active with your faith? And so we're going to get ready to be encouraged to do good in accordance with the faith we have in Jesus. That's what this book is all about. And the summer series looks like it's a 10-week walk through James. We literally are going to go verse by verse in different segments. And we're looking at James 1, 1 through 18 this week. But first I want to tell you some of how we have put together tools to encourage you to grow. Uh, the tools that we've done, we're going to actually take one week break too. On July 15th we have a special guest with us. We're going to have Edward Sumner from Rescue Freedom here talking about injustice and justice for the oppressed and trafficking and how we're rallying around to support them and what he's doing and all this good stuff. So we're excited about that week. But the 10 weeks of James uh, is going to look like uh, walking through verse by verse, but then we developed a tool for you. We created a daily devotional that we wanted to put in your hands tools to be able to grow on a daily basis. That if you would open the app every day, that you would be able to see uh, a devotional that would walk you through 200 to 300 word thought on that week's passage. So this week is James 1, 1 through 18. So we have devotions. Today it kind of talks through what is a devotion on there. And then we have devotions that walk every day this week written by different members of Open Life. And what we wanted to do is give an opportunity for us to connect in a couple ways. We want to connect with God, right? And we want to connect with each other. That daily thought, and man, this is what I get out of James 1 through, 1 through 18. This is what it meant to my life in this season. This is, and you read different people's perspectives of what these passages challenge them to do. And you just simply either go to the next steps page on the website or you open your app and it says open daily. You click on that little button that says open daily and you'll be taken to the devotional pages. And you can select whatever day it is and read. And it's some great thoughts. I, I'm encouraged by those that have taken the time to, to write some different thoughts and, and encouragement from those scriptures and I can't wait to walk through it myself during the course of the summer but we want you to to be able to even get to know one another through that like wow I didn't I, I've seen that person across the room and I've never known like where they've come from this is cool and so I'm pretty 
pretty excited about that, that you get to daily expose yourself to the scripture that way. And uh, by this Wednesday, maybe you got a rhythm for it, and you'll see a link at the bottom of the devotion. And if you feel inspired by a certain segment of passages within James, it tells you how you could submit a devotion that might make it into there as well. Um, so there's a daily devotional called Open Daily. Make sure you go to that. You could go today, tomorrow. Then, one more thing. It's just that we've been praying for during the course of this series. Now, you know us. We value margin. We value relationship. And we want you to get the most out of your summer. But we also have discovered the value in the coming together with one another. And so we're challenging the power of presence. And what does that mean? Well, the fact of being present with one another during the course of the summer, that when you're in town, you have the opportunity to come, and we're going to be here, we're going to be growing in a relationship with Jesus, walking through James, and we want to make um, just kind of that challenge. Man, if you're home, I know it's tempting sometimes to, to jump into the, the work outside before noon and, and, and skip coming together, but what would it look like if during the summer we prioritize relationships with one another, relationship with the church, relationship with one another? And so uh, really been praying for the fact that we would not stop coming together during the summer. I think that's one of the things we do to our faith. We take a break not only for the summer because our kids are out of school. We take a break sometimes on our faith and find ourselves in the fall with a larger percentage of prayer requests saying, you know, man, I am feeling this or that. You know, during the course of the summer, I just kind of drifted away. Remember the power of being present, hearing the word of God, growing in your relationship. And we want this summer to be one that helps you grow in multiple ways. So we've got the series. We've got the devotional. We'll have church every Sunday. And let's jump in. James 1, 1 through 18 says, it's titled in my version it's got a title over it it says greetings from james it says this letter is from james a slave of god and of the lord jesus christ i'm writing to the 12 tribes jewish believers scattered abroad greetings and then he goes into a section on faith and endurance it says in verse 2 dear brothers and sisters when troubles of any kind come your way consider it an opportunity for great joy for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea and is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they're unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a, a little flower in the field. And the hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and fails and his beauty fades away. In this way, or in the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. 
God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember then who you are, or that you are being tempted. Wow, I did not read that. Starting in verse 13. And remember when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desire, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be missile. Don't, my dear brothers and sisters, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us the true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Wow, that's a lot of passages. You can see how you can talk forever on that. And we're going to grab a couple chunks of it in dialogue. But first thing that we can see that is made very clear in here. This is a book for believers. What does that mean? He writes and it says, greetings. I'm writing to the 12 tribes. Well, James, uh, as we understand it, the author of this book... Uh, doesn't make a big deal at the beginning of this book about the authority he has to write to people. That's because it's assumed he is James, the brother of Jesus, who was not a disciple. He didn't follow his, his brother Jesus while he was in his earthly ministry. He made a decision to, to become an apostle of the faith after Jesus' resurrection. And we can see him referred to throughout the course of the New Testament uh, in, in multiple places in what his role was. We see that he is a leader, that he's a pillar of the church. Galatians 2.9, Paul says, man, James is a pillar of the church. Uh, he's pointed to as a leader of the church in Acts 12.17 from Peter. And, and we just have this observance of the fact that he is Jesus' half-brother and that he is a solid disciple and leader of the church. And while his primary ministry, it says, was to the Jews... Now he's writing to all the believers who've been scattered abroad. That means even extended to us, followers of Jesus, this many generations later. That's the cool thing about God's intent. And when he inspired the authors of scripture, is that they're writing for those who are far off, it even says in other books of the Bible. Like we're in their mind, in God's mind when this was written. So we can use this as those who follow Jesus, we can use these passages to be inspired to do good with our faith. It says this in a book by Chuck Swindoll. It says, throughout the book, James contended that faith produces authentic deeds. In other words, if those who call themselves God's people truly belong to him, their lives will produce deeds or fruit. In language and themes that sound similar to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, James rails against the hypocritical believer who says one thing but does another. For James' faith was no abstract proposition but had effects 
in the real world. James offered numerous practical examples to illustrate his point. Faith endures in the midst of trials, calls on God for wisdom, bridles the tongue, sets aside wickedness, visits orphans and widows, and does not play favorites. He stressed that the life of faith in, is comprehensive, impacting every area of our lives and driving us to truly engage in the lives of other people in the world. While James recognized that even believers stumble, he also knew that faith should not coexist with people who roll their eyes at the less fortunate, ignore the plight of others, or curse those in their paths. Wow. Right? This is a powerful book. And timely read, we might add, in our world in the current context of some of the choices being made around us. This book is for the whole church. All of us who choose to follow Jesus. And it's the whole body of the church. It's the whole church community, not just us as individuals. Another reference from a text written about James that is just potent. You have to catch this or we'll miss what we're about to learn here. It says in the book written by Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart, Bible book by book, it says, don't fall into the habit, which is easy in this case, of reading James as though it were addressed to an individual believer about their one-on-one -on -one relationship with God and others. Nothing could be farther from James' own concerns. From the outset, his passion is with life within the believing communities. While it is true each must assume his or her individual responsibility to make the community healthy, the concern is not with personal piety. Is that how you say that? Anyway, as much as it is with healthy communities. Right? He's addressing the tribes in this instance in his language. So to miss this point will cause you to miss what drives this letter from the beginning to end. So that's one of our reasons we're like, man, we can't miss this as a community. We have to come together and grow as a community because if each of us are just individually determined not to live as hypocrites in the community, it's not as potent as if all of us live as non-hypocrites, genuine followers of Jesus. But there it is again. If we're at this point, before we dive into a couple thoughts today, and we've yet to choose to follow Jesus, there's a tension we need to deal with in our own spirit, right? This is a book written to those who've made a decision to follow Jesus. So how do you become, as it's referred to here, how do you become a believer? You choose to follow Jesus. Simply a believer is one who has come to the point of understanding that the way to true life and peace of mind is through a growing relationship with Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus, to be born of a virgin, to live a sinless life, to give his life on a cross and ultimately resurrect three days later, fulfilling hundreds of prophetic words throughout all of times in the Old Testament scriptures, nearly impossible to accomplish, but God alone could do it proving himself to be the son of God, and he took upon himself our sins and our weight and promised that if we put our faith in him, we would have eternal life. But not just eternal life. 
we get to experience all of life now, life to the full. And so how could we move ahead if we didn't give you an opportunity to respond to that message, right? And it's as simple as following Jesus, is as simple as saying, Jesus, I choose you, come into my life. I want to grow in relationship with you this summer. And you just pray that to him. So we're going to pause. We're going to pray that and dive into our thoughts today. So God, I know there are some here today that are still going, man, is this Jesus thing for me? But given the fact that this series is based on instruction to those who follow Jesus, I want to give an opportunity for those that have yet to cross that line of faith to do so. So if you're here today and you're saying, man, I, I want to make this decision right now and begin my growth journey today, Simply pray this prayer, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you as Lord. I want to grow in relationship with you this summer. I'm excited to grow as a believer, as one who follows Jesus. Transform my life, forgive me of my sins. I choose you today. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. And the growth begins. The growth begins from there, right? Our big question today, the thing we're focused on, is have you asked God for what you need? The real emphasis inside this first portion of James is this reality that we need to go to God for what we need. If it's endurance, if it's wisdom, if it's faith, we need to just ask God for what we need. And God loves us so much that he doesn't get mad at us. Now, I have a, a son that is enjoying being the youngest in our home. He loves it. Milks it to everything possible, right? He's just like, can I get some water? You know, it's like, dude, there, we have the little push thing on the refrigerator, you know? He can definitely reach that. And he has been able to for a few years. But he's still like, water. Ding, 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 ding. He doesn't have a bell, but if he did... He would use it. So he's just like, you know, oh, I don't have a fork. Can somebody get me a fork? You know, he's just, can somebody tie my shoes? We're like, dude, why don't you tie your shoes? He's like, we need to teach you to tie your shoes. You're going into the second grade, right? And he's like, he's like, I know how to tie my shoes, but can you tie my shoes? You know, and you're just like, yeah, I'll tie your shoes. And why do I enable this? Don't grow up. I want to push freeze, you know, because he's so cute. But the reality is, I love the kid. And just like that, God loves us. And when we're in a scenario where we need something, he just wants us to ask. I mean, I believe every once in a while he chuckles. He's got to. I, I, well, you can see in Scripture, he's got a sense of humor. And, and it's just like the reality, though, that we can ask for whatever we need. God is the giver of good gifts. And he loves to shower us with the fulfillment of our needs. And so I look at a scenario like this and, and, and I just go, man, the world often gets jealous of followers of Jesus because their lives get put together and it seems like, as it says in this passage, they're, they're without needs. Not necessary. It's not necessarily true. We have tons of needs. It's just that the Lord is meeting our needs. That's if we're continually asking. We are not living in want. And needs and wants are two different things though, right? Like we could want a better 
TV, or we can want a movie room that's, that's more robust than the one we have, or we could want, you know, a, a bigger car, a bigger house, or these things, but God supplies all of our needs. We have exactly what we need. Does that make sense? I think one of the challenges is we want stuff and experiences, and oftentimes God's like, I'm providing for your needs, <laughs> right? And the wants become our stretch. Well, we got a couple thoughts for you that are simple. The first one, thought number one, welcome the trials. I think this is the most referred to devotion this week that you'll read. Um, but a lot of our immediate needs that we would ask God for and go to him for, honestly, they come from our trials. They come from the things we need endurance for during the course of our week, right? It comes from car troubles. Oh, Lord, help me. You promised if I'm faithful to you, you'll rebuke the devourer. This car is my devourer. <laughs> you know, it's like I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Get thee behind me. But that's that. Sometimes you were in that position. We're like, man, I, why is this breaking? Why do these things? I tried to fix something this week, and you know, I can do. I'm I'm handy enough. If YouTube tells me how to do it, I can usually do it. Sometimes YouTube leads you astray, and oftentimes, even though I have the directions, I have a way of catching things on fire if it involves electricity. So this week was no fail. I did that again. I fixed a like converter from salt water to chlorinator in our pool that wasn't working. So I decided it's not working. I'll fix it. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. My third attempt was one of reconnecting wires exactly as they instructed on the video. Worked great for them on the video. For me in real life, I didn't burn the fence down, but there was lots of smoke. And it smelled real bad, and things melted, and I bought a new one. So anyway, I look at that and I go, Lord, why? Right? You're just like, it's a simple trial. It's a simple test of my patience and endurance. But the reality is, that's when we usually are expressing our needs to God, is there's an immediate need right in front of us. You're going to read great devotions about this during the course of the week and choose to see trials as God's preparation for something greater or welcome the waves. You know, sometimes it seems like these trials come in waves and what if we welcome them because we see that this is building endurance and this is actually an opportunity for me to find some joy in the storm. We can use our trials as excuses to blame God or turn from him. But he's trying to build something in us, and it's ours to find that. It's like a hunt at that moment, right? Hebrews 12.2 says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who, invite, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, so again... There was joy awaiting him. Trials bring joy, right? It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He, disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So Jesus went and died the most shameful death. He even prayed before it when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, if it is your will, remove this cup from me. Like, this is a shameful way. This is going to be painful. This is going to hurt. But your will be done. 
the joy ahead of our salvation led him to the cross. And there's a current trial you're going through that's not probably as bad as Jesus, right? But he endured its shame and suffering. What are we enduring? What joy is next? Sometimes the trial is, is what's right in front of you. It's, maybe it's the choosing the right thing to do or the right way to go. Uh, the trial of not getting or accepting a, a promotion. Because maybe although your income would have gone up, your commute would have doubled. And you'd be away from your family more. And it's like, I don't know the right decision. Or the trial of deciding if you to sell your house and move into another. Or the trial of selling your house and moving in with your parents. Or living in a trailer for a year. And then finally getting into your home. Or, you know, just the different stories that go around. The trial of paying taxes. Right? Some people are just like, eh. So we're tempted to fudge. And make choices that would compromise our integrity or character. You know, you read in, in scripture. And tax collectors were the most despised professionals of their day. This week we were talking. I think the most de despised position if we wanted to make sense of what tax collectors were to people in that day. Those employed by ICE today, right? Have been raked in the media this week over the coals and you're just going oh my goodness that's what people felt like paying taxes in Jesus day and who the tax collectors were they hated them and you look here in this moment you go oh these people are going through trial we have some of these same trials the trial of not going to that party or that social event students making a right choice in your friendships Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's a quote I was told repeatedly growing up. And you look at this and you go, man, am I going to make it through the summer stronger in my faith or am I going to make some compromises that my friends are inviting me into so that I can have the same stories on, on Monday or I could have the same stories when we get back to school in the fall? Uh, no. What if you would endure the trial of saying... No, I don't need that. Yeah, that's challenging. The trial of not going to that place during that business trip. When you know other people are making a compromising choice that is, is hurting potentially their spouse, and you're going to say, no, no, I'll stay back in my room, knowing that you might lose some relational ground but gain some integrity ground. I mean, there's so many different scenarios we're faced with trials of many kinds. And we could be living free of a double mind. And James is approaching that. And he's approaching it with compassion. He's approaching it with love. And he's challenging us to endure through whatever trial comes from us lasting through the temptation. Thought number two, put your faith in God alone. This is clear. Right? It says right there in that passage, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Or else you're double-minded, right? It's hard to, to depend on God, but really I'm depending on myself. And I think we do this a lot. It's so easy to pray for something that we absolutely intend to accomplish on our own initiative. Right? We're so determined. I, yeah, God, I need you. 
I need you. Lord, provide the food today. We're shopping at Costco. It's like bulk. We're going to eat good for five weeks. And I'm just going, you, you know, but, but, you know, so what if we really bring our honest needs to him and depend on him alone to provide for us? Maybe you're in a season like that. Or maybe there's a, a space in your world that you know the only way this is going to work out, God alone. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's praying for a loved one who's struggling with something that is beyond even their own awareness. God alone is who's going to answer those prayers. And who can break through and deliver someone from the battle that is within. God alone. And we also in this season need to realize we're not alone. But yet the things that really are going to drive us towards our own trying to self-fix and, 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 and self-gratify instead of depending on God are these desires within us. It says God doesn't tempt us or God doesn't test us, but that we have these desires that well up from within us. That if we give in to them, if we're enticed and it says dragged away by them, that we are then potentially going to make a choice that would be sinful. And that if we then make a choice that is sinful, that sin grows up and gives birth to death. Like that is the most brutal segment, verses 14 and 15. I actually wrote a devotion this week on that called Sin Babies. Kind of morbid sounding, but... Sin leads to death. It's like sin gives birth to death. That's weird. But it's in here. What do we do with that? Especially realizing, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, there's no temptation out there in this world that is uncommon to man. Like, so, like, there, the desires in me are in some of you. And we make the wrong choice when we're enticed. And we give in to those temptations. And then, like, that sin grows up in us. We're all battling with some temptation that's inside of us that we're given into. What if we could pray for one another? What if we could grow in a relationship with God and each other and be there for each other and encourage each other? You can make it out of this. God promises always to give us a way out. And what if we could be aware of our desires to find that way out? Well, I think we'd have to do what our action step is for today. And our action step is ask God for wisdom. Well, there's these desires battling against us. There's these trials we have to endure. And we're going to be hypocritical and hide stuff and live without integrity if we don't ask God for our needs and we don't ask him for wisdom. In the Old Testament, there's the story David was a man after God's own heart, the king of Israel, and leading the people into his presence. But he's made some bad choices himself, and therefore was, you know, his reign came to an end. And, and he just prayed that God would give the leadership responsibility after him to one of his sons. Well, as it comes, Solomon's selected. And he finds himself in this moment with God. And it says in 1 Kings 3, 5, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I'll give it to you. 
Man, he could have listened to the desires in him that would well up. He could have asked for all the wealth in the world or a greater kingdom than any other kingdom. He could have asked for the latest iPhone. Or back then it would have been a tablet of rock or something. But anyway, you know, he's, he's like, he could ask for the latest and greatest. But what does he do? Here's the moment. Solomon replied, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you've continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. God, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life of wealth or the death of your enemies, I'll give you what you ask for. I'll give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. Wow, sounds like asking for wisdom is the money prayer, right? Like it's the target. It's the goal. Because if we have discernment, if we have wisdom, all those other pieces can fall into place. We can make it through the trial because we'll find the light at the end of the tunnel. I love this book of James and the life it gives us and lets us know we're not alone in our desires. We're not alone in the things that draw us away. And we're not alone in needing to ask God for help. So I want you to ask God for wisdom this week. Get into the book of James personally. Open up the devotional every day this week. Begin your journey of, of growth in a relationship with God and each other. And if you're in town, we can't wait to see you next week so we can grow as a community of followers of Jesus. I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the difference that you make in our lives the impact, Lord, that you make when we decide to become a believer and when we put our faith in Jesus. I pray that, Lord, today you would raise up a people that are willing to ask for their needs, that are willing to seek wisdom, that are willing to, to humble themselves and say, God, I can't, I can't do this without you alone. I need to pursue you alone as the answer. So God, I pray right now that you would send us out as a strong people, a strong humility in us, and the Lord, we would enjoy the growth we experience this summer. We're yours. Here we are, Lord. Challenge us. And let us be your life in the community. In Jesus' name. Would you take a moment and maybe... Fill out your Connect card and flip it over in the back and let us know, man, what are you battling with? What can we pray in agreement with you this week? We can't wait to hear what God stirs up in you. The worship team's going to play as you consider, man, what's my response to this? Then Jaden will come and close us and we'll partake in donuts together here in just a moment.
Well, thanks once again for engaging with today's talk. You know, if you're listening on the Open Life Church app or through the message archive, you can fill out a connect card. Let us know that you're listening, and we would love to pray with you if you have any prayer requests. So make sure you fill that out there. Again, you, from the front page of our Open Life Church app, we have some additional resources, a daily devotional that we want you to be able to have in your hands. So click on that button, open daily, and be encouraged by other people at Open Life who are engaging with the book of James as well. Thanks again for being part of what Open Life is doing, and thanks for taking time out of your day to listen or watch here at Open Life Church.